This is Dwayne McCrary. I'm the team leader of Adult Explore the Bible, and I'm joined today by Erin Ivey. Erin, thank you for being here with us today. Of course. Thank you for having me. Erin is our marketing manager for small group studies here at Lifeway, and she attends a Bible study group that uses Explore the Bible. Uh, her purpose of being here today is she's going to take on the role of the person who's just been recruited to lead an ongoing Bible study group that uses the Explore the Bible personal study guide and leader guide. So, Erin, yes. are you ready for that role? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. So we have copies of, of these two resources sitting here. Now let me give you some specifics before we start talking about the actual resources about some, well, these are really five questions that everybody's got to answer every week, no matter what they're doing, no matter what resource they're using, no matter what they're doing, they've got to answer these five questions. Okay. Uh, the first question is, what will we study this week? You got to answer that question. Uh, when you think about when we're doing Bible study, we have 1,189 chapters to pick from. We got 52 weeks out of the year. We've got to decide which one of those chapters or which part of those chapters we've got to we're going to study that week. Having resources like Explore the Bible help us already make that decision. And it's a it's a and the plan that's there is a very laid out plan. There's rhyme and reason to it, so it just it just helps us move forward. Half of the battle for me as a teacher is knowing what to study and what to, to lead that week. Yeah. The second question is what does the selected passage mean then and now? For most folks, that's what they think of when they think of Bible study. Definitely. Um, they're gonna, you're going to be looking at what the words mean, what did Paul or whoever we're studying, what did they say over here, how does this compare to what Moses said here, I mean all those kinds of things. The third question then is going to be, what is the main point we need to focus on? Because there's all kinds of points that we could we could find in a particular passage. We could go this way, this way, this way, this way. Some may be a main point. Some may be multitude of points that relate to the main. But we've had to pick one. And part of that, part of the reason we have to do that, is our group can only absorb so much. Definitely. They can only take in a certain amount of, of stuff. Um, and process it. Now they can take in a lot of stuff and feel good about it, but do nothing with it. We don't want that to happen. We want them to to think about that content, think about that particular part of scripture, that main idea. So we got to pick up this one point. Uh, the fourth question is how might this truth change the way we think, believe, act, and relate? So we've identified this main truth. Then we want to think about how it might change the way we think, believe, act, and relate. Notice that in that question, I did use the word we. It's not about how that class can apply it, but how can we? How do it change my life? Yes. How does it change what I think? How does it change what I believe? How does it change how I, what I do tomorrow? And then how, can, how does that change for my group as well? The fifth question is how can I help the group discover these truths for themselves? Now, I could go in and tell them everything I, I've learned and just lecture and share with them. They'd be happy with that. Yeah. They'd be happy to just, for me to study seven, eight hours a week, come in, share this content with them, and then they uh, they pat me on the back. That was a great job. Appreciate <laughs> you doing that. Oh, Aaron, you did so great, and that motivates you to then go study nine hours the next week, give them more content, and, and, and just keep doing that. But in my estimation, that creates an unhealthy codependency. They're dependent upon you to do their studying for them, and you're dependent upon them excuse me, depend upon them to affirm you for doing that for them. They'll be happy because all they have to do is come and listen. Yeah. That's all they got to do. 
that's an unhealthy thing to do. Definitely. What we need them to do is we need to find ways for them to discover those truths for themselves and apply them. So uh, before I move on, let me say this. There's a book um, called Saddle Up uh, that was written by some of the, the folks at Lifeway. I wrote the third chapter. Uh, and you can get that book at lifeway.com forward slash training resources. But in that third chapter, it looks at all five of those questions, gives you more detail about them. I'll give you a copy of it when we're done here. That'd be great. Uh, Thank so you. you've got that. So these resources right here, the personal study guide and the leader guide that are sitting in front of you right now, they give you the tools you need to answer these questions. They've already answered them for you. So we're going to look at that here just for a moment. Yeah, and before we do, I've heard before the personal study guide and the leader guide, those are often called the traditional approach to Bible study. So can you kind of explain what that really means? The traditional approach to Sunday school or Sunday ongoing Bible study right, is that the, the group prepares beforehand, that you give them some kind of resource for them to prepare beforehand. They've studied it. They've read it. They've at least read it. Um, and then when they come together as a group, then your role as a leader is to help clarify, lead them in discussing those things. If they have questions that need to be answered, then let's answer them. They may have had, one person may have had this perspective on this verse, another one may have had this one, and together they may be able to work out those things so they get it right. Then they're also going to challenge each other um, to, to put in practice what they've, they've, they've studied. Okay. Uh, that's the traditional model. There's a lot of history behind that. That's the way it's traditionally been done in Sunday school. And that, like I said, it goes way back to when Sunday school was for kids, and it was a way for them to learn to read. So you can see why you would read beforehand, then you come and practice, and then you go home, work some more, come back and practice. Uh, so you still have that. Wow, that's um, interesting. In that, the personal study guide is the core it's the key pin to everything. The leader guide works functions around that. Everything functions around that personal study guide. Okay. So then if I'm the teacher for okay. the first time in my group, do I start with the personal study guide, read it, and then move to the leader guide during my preparations, or should I start with the leader guide? I would start with the leader guide. Okay. Okay. Here's why. Um, that leader guide is written for you as the leader. There are the commentary that's there is written for you to have. There's more in there for you than each member of the group has. You have group plans that are there that will help you uh, put together a plan that helps them discover these truths. All those things are there for you. It answers those five questions. Those five questions aren't going to be evident in the personal study guide. Okay. <clears throat> but they will be present in the leader guide. Okay. Okay. And so that's why I would do that. So if I do start with the leader guide to prepare, then how do I know what will be in the personal study guide? Well, in Explore the Bible, we've identified those things there for you. Okay. Um, the introduction is always going to be the same in both in both resources. Uh, the Bible skill is going to be the same. The passage outline is always going to be the same, unless we make a mistake, which we, we're capable of doing. <laughs> um, uh, the, the key points are going to be the same. The way it's worded may be a little bit different with the commentary for each thing, for e each passage break. The questions that are in the personal study guide, you will find in the leader guide, and it's going to say at the end of that question, there'll be a parentheses, and it will say PSG, comma, page, whatever. So you know that that question is included in the personal study guide. If you're looking at the commentary for each session, 
that's there in the leader guide and you notice a question and there's no parentheses after that question or before it, you know that that question is unique and it's for you as a leader or it's a question that you could add uh, in the group time that they don't have. And so it, it's, a, it's a way for you to you know, kind of say, like, I did some extra thinking. I really just pulled it out of the leader guide, but I'm not telling them that. <laughs> um, so it gives you an extra way to have some extra questions. That's great. But that's how you know what's what. Okay, that's great. And so if you, as you're teaching me how to lead a group well, what would you say are the best practice steps for me to be able to pre- prepare effectively? Okay. Uh, we have the leader guide sitting right here in front of us. Yes. Okay. You'll notice, I'm going to turn to page 8. Okay. okay. So we're on page 8 now. On page 8 in the leader guide, it uh, you find this page. It says, Using the Guide to Lead. Now let's walk through this real quick, okay? Because okay? it tells you exactly what to do. <coughs> the first thing you're going to want to do is study the core passage. By core passage, I mean, you know, you've got the background passage or the bigger context passage that we're studying. Core passage is that one but 15 verses that we're going to focus in on that session. Uh, read the passage. I would have a piece of paper sitting next to me where I list people, places, keywords, phrases, actions, all those kinds of things. Just list it on the side. I could do it in, my, in the book as well. I can highlight all those kinds of things. I'm going to use the commentary um, that's in the leader guide to help me identify those keywords, places, things. Help me get a little bit deeper understanding of it. If I can't find it there, then I may use the Explore the Bible commentary that we okay. have, the adult commentary. Or I may look in other places. Bill Illustrator is another resource that Lifeway produces that gives me some of those kind of things. And so I'm going to do that. I'm just going to study it for myself. Okay? okay. Then after I study it, I'm going to write a summary of the truths I discovered. Now, on the first page of each session, in the leader guide and in the personal study guide, you're going to find a summary statement. It's what the main point is for that lesson. Look at your summary statement and compare it to that one. Okay. Okay. You may take that one and think, well, that's exactly what it means, but I would word it with these other words because different regions may say different things. Different generations may say it different ways. Go ahead and put it in your own words, but that's going to be the main point that we're going to focus on in the resource and the commentary is written with that in mind. Okay. Okay. So after I've done that, I'm then going to start creating the group plan. So I'm going to flip over at the last of each session. The last three pages of each session is a group plan. That group plan is going to tell me step by step everything to do. It gives me questions to ask. It tells me point to this paragraph in the personal study guide for them to understand this word better. All those things are there. Okay. So I'm going to walk through that, and I'm going to ask myself, is this the best way for my class to do it? Yeah. Then I may go to goexplorethebible.com and go to the leader help section, and I'm going to look at the extra idea, see if that's a way for me to introduce this lesson using that, that, uh, uh, that idea that's there that, that, that uses a, a, a current event, something in the news to help you introduce and conclude the lesson. Will that meet the needs of my group? On that third page, the first two pages in the leader guide are really the plan. On the third page are more ideas. Okay. Do I find something there that's a better idea for me to help them discover this truth for themselves? That's important for us to remember when you're putting together this group plan is what can I do to help them discover this truth themselves? That group plan is written with one big idea, one big learning activity with other things built around it. Yeah. So it's already done. It's caked. It's baked in to that, uh, that that group plan. 
so uh, you don't have to really try to craft or figure that out. If you do that plan, it'll it'll work fine. One of the things I did, I teach a Bible study group too. Okay. So one of the things I did was I decided for a quarter I would do, uh, I would lead my group exactly the way that plan was laid out. I wouldn't add to or subtract from it. Okay. Now, there was one lesson that I had to, to, to alter a little bit because of my group. So I couldn't do it completely. What I discovered was it worked well. There's some things I learned to help in that process, too, that would help us be better at it as a team. And, and, and I communicate that to our writers as well. But if you use that plan, it's gonna, you're going to be fine. And when it tells you, ask this question, it's in the PSG, it tells you what page, all that kind of stuff. So you still don't need the personal study guide to make it work. It's all that you need there. And so then after I do that, I start gathering stuff. If there's some item I need to teach that, I start gathering. I keep a bag uh, in my house a certain place, and I put all my stuff I need to teach with in that bag. So on okay. Sunday morning, all I got to do is grab that bag and go. And then when I get back, I unload it and get ready for the next week. So uh, I gather, I start reviewing, and then I'm, then, then I'm getting ready. I get there on Sunday. Uh, it's when our group meets, and then we lead the group. Now, I will say this. Even though I have a plan, it rarely goes the way I have it laid out, Yeah, um, which is part of the fun of teaching. Um, so that's why it's important for me to have some of my study notes with me. Okay. Because where I went off track is where they're going to go off track. Yeah. And so th- having those notes there helped me chase rabbits, kill a rabbit if I need to, and get us back on focus. Okay. That's really helpful. Are there any other tips that might help me lead a group for the first time? That's a great question. Okay. Number one, I would make sure I was there first. I'm there before anybody else. That does several things. Number one, it lets me make sure everything I need is there. Um, It lets me, if I'm going to do something or have something on a marker board or whatever I have there, I can go ahead and get that up there. I can make sure the chairs are arranged the way I want them. I have everything I need. It also allows me to kind of pray and catch my breath. Um, I can pray, God, help me help me do this today. Yeah. Um, and then I can kind of just take a deep breath where that first person comes. That's also important, being there before the first person, because when that first person comes, whoever gets there first will set the tone for whatever's going to happen. Hmm. And so if you get there second, you got to wrestle that away from whoever got there first. So if you're there first, you've already set the tone for leading that Bible study group. Another thing I would say is start on time. Now, the group I lead starts at 8 a.m., and we start at 8 a.m. Okay. Uh, A few Sundays ago, they were all late. Weather was a problem for us. They were all late. I started at 8 o'clock with nobody in the room, and somebody walked by, and they just stopped and said, Do you know nobody else is in this room? (laughs) Uh, Yes, I do. says, But I'm starting. We start at 8 o'clock. And they started coming in. Now, the first person who came in and I'd already started, they looked at me like I'd lost my mind. But they knew I meant we started at 8 o'clock. That's true. And so what's funny is they sat down and started participating with what I'd already started. The rest of the group came. They didn't know that that person wasn't late. Well, that is true. So um, they thought they were the the ones that were late and that first person was on time. They didn't have any idea. (laughs) But you've got to start on time. Prepare early. One of the things I've discovered is life happens in the latter part of the week. If I prepare on Monday, 
then I make a point. I'm going to prepare by Monday after by Monday evening before I go to bed Monday night. I've at least studied the lesson. If I do that, then I've got the rest of the week to think about it. Uh, it there'll be things that happen in my life that'll bring that idea to bear, and then I can teach from my own experience. It lets me process it myself. Uh, and it removes the pressure of I've got to get ready. If I wait till Sunday night or Sunday morning, Sunday Saturday night, excuse me, or yeah. Sunday morning, if I wait to then, then I've got the pressure of time on me. Definitely. If I start on Monday, I've removed one of those pressures. So start early. Use notes. That's another thing I would encourage you to do. Instead of carrying in the leader guide, write out what you're going to do. Okay. It may be word for word from the leader guide, but write it out. Because what that does is communicates to the group that you cared enough to study. If you bring in the book, the leader guide book, and you lay it down, and even though it's got all your notes and you've marked and you may have spent all kinds of time studying, they can't see that. They don't know that. They think that you just came in, put it down on the lectern or whatever, you're, whatever you are, and have started reading through it and leading them through the group time. Use notes. A last thing I would say here for a tip is plan for your prayer time. But I plan for it at the end. Okay, interesting. If I do it at the beginning, here's what happens. If I say, okay, what, what, tell me some prayer requests. I'll start getting the request, and there'll be all kinds of stuff shared. And, and it's stuff I, we don't really need to know about. You know, they went to the hospital. They sat on this gurney. The gurney number was. Uh, do we really need to know that? So I do it at the end. It, it's, it doesn't, by doing that way, it doesn't bite into the time we have to study the That's Bible. That's a good tip, yeah. I still get the same information, but I get it quicker because they need to get out and beat whoever they need to beat to get to their seat in the sanctuary. Yep. I wish this wasn't true, but for some people, the only time they open a Bible is when they're in that Bible study group. Yeah. If that's the case, then we need to do all we can to protect the Bible study time on Sunday mornings. Definitely. And so one way to do that is move the prayer time, announcement time, all that stuff to the end. That's a really good and tip. And then that right? helps you. Um, and then just one more question for you, really. How do I encourage my group to actually use the personal study guide before the group time? That's the $100 question. It sure is. <laughs> uh, I'll just say this. There's going to be some in the group that they're never going to study before they get there. Yeah. I wish it was different, but they're not, okay? One thing we can do to encourage it is deliver copies to everybody in our group. Taking them that, that personal study guide to their home. So that's four times a year, yeah. okay? I do that with my group. I take, take it to, even the folks who are regular attenders, I take it to their house. For one, it gives me a reason to go see them. And I learn so much by going and taking something to somebody's house. I don't stay long. Hey, here's, the, here's what we're going to be studying. I just wanted to give this to you. Yeah. Um, I may show them how to use it. I do that for everybody who's in my group, whether they've been there every Sunday. Uh, there's one couple in my group who haven't been there in three and a half years, but I still deliver that copy to them. Now, I've had to chase them some because they've moved and they didn't <laughs> leave us an address, um, but I found them. And on the front cover, I put my name and my, my cell phone number, so if they need anything, they can call me. I don't want them to not study because I haven't given them the, the right. tool to do that. And I have that responsibility. So having said that, how we teach in the group time impacts whether they study or not. When we were in school, if you had a teacher that would give you an assignment and then the next class read it to you, 
there was no way you were going to read that book the night before. No chance. Uh, you had other stuff you wanted to do? Yes. You're not going to read it. <clears throat> but if you had a teacher who taught with the expectation that you read it, and they would they would have discussion with the with that expectation, you definitely read it because you knew if you came to that group, that, that class, not prepared, it was going to show. Right. So how we teach matters. That's why those group plans are laid out the way they are. They are built with the assumption that folks have studied beforehand. Some of the questions maybe uh, that you'll see in those group plans may be something like this. How does today's study change how you would have answered that question? You answered that question on Tuesday or whatever day you studied. Right. You answered that question this way when you were preparing for this group time. How does the discussion we just had change how you answer that question? I got gotcha. you. Well, you're communicating to them, I expect you to, to read this. Yes. How we teach in that sense is important. The way we ask questions, just like I just said, those kind of things. And using the personal study guide in the group time is important. Like I mentioned before, the plans tell you to do that, uh, give you ways of doing that. But you may see, here's, here's this uh, Bible skill. Hey, guys, here's the Bible skill that's in the personal study guide. Let's do this together. I know you did it during the week. Show me the insights. Share with the rest of us the insights you gained by doing that skill. We may, we may, let's do it together too so we can learn how you did it to make it stronger for us. Right. So use those tools that are in the personal study guide in the group time in a way that facilitates them using it and assumes that they've used it. So those are the big things I would say when I think about how do I encourage folks to use uh, the personal study guide before they come to the group time. Yeah, those are great. Thank you. Well, you got any other questions? I, I don't think so. Okay. That was helpful. Well, good. Thank you all for listening in to our conversation. We hope this uh, you find this helpful on how to use the personal study guide and the leader guide to facilitate ongoing Bible study groups in your church. Uh, if you want more information, feel free to send me an email at Dwayne McCrary at Lifeway.com. That's D-W-A-Y-N-E dot McCrary, M-C-C-R-A-R-Y at Lifeway.com, and I'll do my best to answer your questions. You can also find out more about Explore the Bible by going to goexplorethebible.com. You can find out about all our resources and other helps that we have uh, in for leading a Bible study group using Explore the Bible.